200 years ago in 1821, Columbia existed as a small settlement and stretched no further than the present corner on Broadway and Fifth Street, and was named the seat of Boone County. It wouldn't be until five years later when the two areas would become part of the new state of Missouri, and in 1830 the town would establish its first newspaper. Columbia is celebrating its bicentennial year. Amanda Staley and Chris Campbell are playing an integral role in making sure the year's celebrations are running smoothly. Staley is the chair for the Historic Preservation Commission and the co-curator for the Museum of Anthropology at MU. Campbell is the executive director of the Boone County Historical Society. Both have been in Columbia for years and understand the importance of telling the full story of our past, especially the parts that are not usually talked about. I'm your host, Grace Cooper, and here's Amanda Staley and Chris Campbell in conversation with our reporter, Walter Fields. Welcome to Vox Voice. Hi, my name is Walter Fields. I am a digital editor over at Vox Magazine, and I am also the interviewer for the City Life podcast. Today, we're interviewing Amanda Staley and Chris Campbell. They both will play a large role in the bicentennial for Columbia, and they're both experts in history, and I'm looking forward to hearing what they have to say. I'm Amanda Staley Harrison. I'm the uh, assistant curator of the Museum of Anthropology at the University of Missouri. And I'm also chair of the Historic Preservation Commission for the city of Columbia and um, on the Mayor's Bicentennial Task Force as the historic preservation representative. And I'm Chris Campbell, and I'm the executive director of the Boone County Historical Society at the Boone County History and Culture Center here in Columbia. And I've been in this position for seven years. It is something that um, I really appreciate and enjoy having been a lifelong uh, history nut. And yet I find over and over again that a big part of my job um, revolves around some sort of facet of storytelling. I'm also uh, an actor and between um, that experience and music uh, and cultural arts organizations over 30 years, it's been really helpful to, to bring all those together to do the, the work I do now. So with Columbia reaching like it's bicentennial, like, so like, what, is, what does that mean? Like in terms of like significance, like how is that such a big deal? I'm, I think I'm able with, with my professional work to bring in that some of the aspects of our history that tend to get forgotten, the, um, the marginalized communities that have been uh, not recognized in history as it's been told. Um, and so I think being able to bring that to the conversation when we look at our, our 200th anniversary at the beginnings of our communities, there was uh, a lot of stuff that that hasn't been talked about in the past because people don't want to think about about it they don't want to think about the fact that this land when it was sold to the smithton company was sold by people who didn't own it it was still uh it had not been ceded to the united states by the native american tribes who who lived here it was several years afterwards before the land that columbia sits on was actually ceded um, through treaty and um, and then it's also skipped over, I think, widely in the history that the majority of of the initial uh, group that came here were coming um, 
from Virginia through Tennessee and Kentucky. And those were slave owning states and a lot of them owned slaves. So being able to bring that into the conversation and recognize it and look at where we have come from as a community in those beginnings to where we are now, being able to recognize the contributions of early African Americans in our in our community and the tremendous uh, impact they had on making our community sustainable and viable. Um, I think that's I think that's huge. Well, I mean, obviously, it's a huge birthday um, and something to be proud of and something to commemorate. Um, I, you know, a lot of people, I don't think, stop and realize that not every town that ever popped up in Missouri uh, made it to 200 years. Um, when I think about the county and our city and our community, I think about all the towns that were almost the home of the University of Missouri or they were almost on the Boonslip Trail, or they were almost the market center uh, in central Missouri on the Missouri River, but they eventually dried up and disappeared for lots of different reasons. There's a whole handful of little communities that happened to. Um, there's also other existing communities, whether it is Sedalia, Missouri, or Fayette, or Jefferson City, that, that could have because they tried to obtain the University of Missouri at its founding but failed, um, who didn't become this thriving um, center of the economy in medicine, insurance, uh, and education in central Missouri while Columbia did. So uh, those are the kind of things that I reflect on when I think about this city getting to be not only 200 years old, but to be as large as we are and to be thriving. It sounds like you guys just kind of go hand in hand with each other. What can we expect to see when like the events start to come, at least in terms of a pandemic, because obviously we still have to deal with that, unfortunately, but what can we expect to see and what can people be excited for? Lots of outdoor activities, parks and rec cities, the city's parks and rec um, department has a lot of really cool stuff uh, planned out. And then virtually, you know, with the KOPN, History minutes, that's something that uh, doesn't require gathering a bunch of people into one space. So, and I think for the 4th of July celebration, you know, most of that's going to be outside. Uh, it's going to be kind of in tandem with the city's uh, usual 4th of July programming. Lots of open air, open air activities. Yeah, uh, Amanda said it. Um, I think you can look for in the open air among the activities that have been talked about that I think may happen are uh, walking tours of uh, downtown, which I think Amanda's uh, people are gonna be doing, walking tours of the fairly new African-American Heritage Trail, mm -hmm. gonna be led by people on uh, what was uh, known and still is known as the Sharp End Committee, which also developed the African-American Heritage Trail. Um, I know Richard King's on the Mayor's Task Force and has been asked because of his long experience to produce some events for the bicentennial and outdoor event that is centered where Columbia began, which is in Flat Branch Park near the corner of Cherry and Fourth Streets. And um, he'd like to see some kind of outdoor festival there with food and music. Um, 
and we still hope that might happen sometime on that weekend. Uh, we've also talked about trying to do uh, events that might involve uh, reenactors and food and music around town um, uh, and in neighborhoods where uh, underserved communities live, uh, whether it's on the north end or in the northeast or in the center of town. Again, I can't give you any kind of certainty or confirmation, but that's what we'd like to do. Um, you guys brought up the African-American trail. So with that, how has like the African-American community and like the entire history of Columbia, how has that affected Columbia to where it is now? Like what contributions have been made throughout the 200 years that like make Columbia what it is? Or if it wasn't there, it would be completely different. Massive contributions. I, as I said a, a little bit earlier, you know, I mean, Columbia would not be would not be here without the contributions of um, African Americans in our community. Um, they were the builders, the creators of this city from the beginning, and um, literal the literal builders and creators of of this city from the beginning. So. Um, and they continue to be a, a vital part of our community, um, offering uh, outstanding services to the people of Columbia through their businesses, um, through their community, um, through everything that they're involved in. And, and I think the, the African-American Heritage Trail is sort of a, a culmination of uh, expressing that tremendous amount of um, effort that they have given to making Columbia what it is today. What would you add to that, Chris? Yeah, um, just ditto to all that. Um, the, I think the wider population doesn't understand, and I, I feel it's like part of my responsibility at this uh, History and Culture Center to make it a, a point, and it's going to be addressed in this next new exhibit that um, not only was the town founded by very wealthy white land speculators, like these weren't just everyday middle-class farmers in Kentucky and Tennessee going, oh, I heard about this new territory called Missouri, let's go try it. No, beating them to the punch because things don't change over time. Uh, the economy just looks different. Uh, beating them to the punch were some of the nation's wealthiest land speculators, many of them from Virginia, who got here in 1816 and started buying land. And when I say speculate, I mean that literally, because the United States government would not start selling plots of land until 1818 out of a little town called Franklin um, near Boonville. Uh, but those who already had land uh, were able to put down, uh, were, were able to get first dibs and put down what the government needed for their take. And what they would build would be using um, the backs uh, of slave labor. And so the very first Colombians, not all of them were slave owners and not many of them had more than a few. But those few, if you were a wealthy Virginian or Madison County Kentuckian, in Columbia, Smithton or Columbia, 1818 to 1830, you had three or four or five or six. And one, one Captain Dave Gordon, David Gordon had 38. He was the one that plotted and uh, made what is now Stevens Lake Park. And most of what Stevens College was his 600 acre 
um, estate. And those 38 slaves built it up for him. Um, you know, that would continue, obviously, until the Civil War. Uh, the university we've talked about being the most important driver of this economy uh, in our community since 1839. Well, the university got to be the university because of slave labor. Um, so it can't be underestimated how important African Americans were to the founding of this community, to its original construction, and even during uh, Jim Crow and Reconstruction, uh, there were still major contributions. Um, both Amanda and I are familiar with a couple of figures that are represented on the trail who became um, nationally recognized uh, for their skills. Uh, one was a gardener and a grower. Another one uh, was a road builder and an entrepreneur and a concert manager. Uh, another one was uh, Columbia's first black female millionaire. Uh, because she was a cook and a caterer and uh, owned at one point owned two mansions in Columbia. Not that that type of, um, not that owning homes or wealth is a mark of contribution. It's just one type of mark of contribution. But yeah, it, it's hard to um, underestimate the, uh, in spite of Jim Crow, uh, in spite of, you know, the community living in what's called the Little Dixie Belt uh, of Missouri, uh, contributions were definitely significant and have continued to be. What are some of the things that you both feel like aren't talked about enough in Columbia? Like what should get more attention? I think there's a lot of things that aren't talked about in Columbia still. Um, we still have uh, issues like everywhere else in this country uh, with a certain amount of systemic racism. And um, I, I think that that conversation uh, through the efforts of a lot of uh, people in Colombia is coming more to the front and center of things. And I think that that is uh, an important step in how we move into the future. Um, when I think of history, I don't just think of the past, but I think of how it builds on our future. So um, being able to talk candidly about the history of the Black community and recognize their contributions. So I think that the bicentennial is a tremendous opportunity to have those conversations, to have those hard conversations, and to um, apply that to current events, to current conversations, so that when we start our next 200 years, uh, we're starting it from a place of understanding and growth. You know. Uh, all the things that aren't being talked about enough today all have their roots in our history. I think about the, one of the things that is a big part of Columbia's history uh, and still is and is not really getting the discussion it deserves is the uh, demographic and geographic segregation that still exists. I'm thinking particularly of housing. Mm -hmm. Um, for a long time, uh, we'll just call them the elders, uh, the leaders of Columbia uh, up through at least 1970 uh, worked um, both uh, overtly and covertly uh, to keep the black population in a couple of different neighborhoods. Why is studying history and understanding history so important to the both of you? 
always loved history. Um, I, I am just, I'm fascinated by people. And so for me, studying history, looking at history, being able to think about the lives that have existed in the same space that I'm now existing in, um, and being able to look at past issues and compare them to current issues, all of those things in my mind are what create a, a rich life uh, of some sort of meaning, being able to look at the past and see where we are now. And when we study history and talk about history, we're able to, to I think, understand the human experience a little bit more. Yeah, uh, I, I agree. I um, When I'm asked that question, I'm always reminded, and I often try to explain this to young people who tell me that they hate history or they're bored. <laughs> um, the the well-known uh, phenomenal historian Doris Kearns Goodwin said, history is the study of human nature. And it, it just like Amanda said, it's, it's about human behavior. It's about making choices. And I try to remind people when they ask, and this, again, this is commonly young people, I'm stereotyping, but, um, you know, when they ask what it means to them, I say, well, um, the people whose names you're seeing in a, in a book that are dry on a very dry piece of paper, um, they're long dead and gone, but it's not about, you know, uh, necessarily memorizing what happened with them on a certain date. It's about why they manifested that. I'm very excited about the bicentennial. I think, you know, however, however it unfolds, um, I think it's a year of celebration. And I think that we have a lot to celebrate. Um, you know, last year, last year, I think, uh, was a, a, a very big eye opener for a lot of people all over the country, all over the world about what, what we value, um, what we value, not only in our personal lives, but in our community. And so um, I, I see this as a, a great way to uh, sort of celebrate those new things we've discovered about ourselves and reflect on the past and move into the future. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll insert my plug first uh, before I address the excitement around the Bicentennial. Um, our History and Culture Center's website last year and, and largely because the pandemic kind of put us in this position, we were able to launch our first uh, digital online collection, which now consists of about 8,500 photos of Colombians and Boone Countyans in portrait studios between 1886 and uh, 1945. And um, we're looking forward to adding to that because we've got, we've got 500,000 images in our vaults that we are looking forward to digitizing. So we have a long ways to go, but um, I love for people to discover that at boonhistory.org. And as far as the bicentennial, um, I'm excited because it, it should give everybody in the whole community to take a look with pride at uh, what we have, how far we've come, um, and uh, appreciate a little bit about um, what went into making Columbia such a nice place to live, where a person really can find opportunity um in a way that is starting to evaporate from a lot of towns across this country and is still available to them here and uh 
I'm just excited to, to tell people the story of how we got here. After listening to this episode, make sure to add bicentennial events to your calendar to celebrate the rich history of Columbia and its bicentennial year. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Vox Voice.